This was the week that it became clear that a new facial hair trend was sweeping the world. Yes, just when you thought you'd seen everything, along comes the monkey tail beard. The hair starts on one side of the face at the sideburn. It sweeps majestically along the jawline and the chin before curling up the side of the mouth and over the top lip, where it stops, making it look like a monkey tail. It would appear that the global pandemic lockdowns have given some the opportunity of being more creative with their grooming regimes in their extra spare time. And this is Boggle Docs. And there's me quietly worrying about my next lockdown haircut. The clippers are coming out this weekend. <laughs> Send help. Hello and welcome to your happy place. Are you one of those people who's done some home cooking on a health kick and then worried that you'd got COVID because you couldn't taste anything when in fact what you'd cooked didn't have any taste? Or is that just me? We're here to keep you going during these difficult times as we take a more human approach to the medical world and learn something along the way. Boggle Docs is the podcast for GPs and other primary care professionals that's accessible to everybody. It takes the pulse of the nation by looking to the medical media and uses that information as a springboard to help you target your CPD. And all of this is aimed at giving us the heads up so that we might have an inkling of what might be on our patient's problem lists so that we know what we need to know. Please subscribe to and rate this podcast because apparently that's really important to all the algorithms in the world of podcasting. And this week I'm joined um, by Serena Chibber. Hi, Serena. How are you? Hi, Nick. I'm really good. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited about today's episode. Oh, brilliant. That's really lovely to hear. So thanks for coming along. I wonder if, if for people that don't know you, if you could introduce yourself, please. Yes, of course. So my name's Serena. I am a portfolio GP and I'm probably best known as co-founder of MLM or my local manager, which is used by a large proportion of portfolio and session GPs across the country. Excellent. So thank you for coming along. And in a moment, we're going to be talking about the Goop Lab um, from Gwyneth Paltrow, uh, which is on Netflix. So more about that later on. Um, and we'll have a chat about how we got to watching that in the first place. Um, and also we're going to be chatting about a news headline that has caught your eye as well. Mm -hmm. So that's coming up next. But first, it's me with the news headlines. <laughs> Start with the express bowel cancer symptoms. The shape and size of your poo is a sign, hyphen, open inverted commas, ribbon-like, close inverted commas. Um, this might seem a bit like deja vu, but actually this is a different story to the one we did the other week. Um, it says bowel cancer symptoms mainly resolve or revolve around changes to your bowel habits. Narrow ribbon-like poo is an early warning sign of bowel cancer. So this time they are quoting the Cancer Treatment Centers of America, the CTCA. Uh, so we go into their website uh, and under the signs and symptoms of rectal cancer, it says that uh, rectal cancer may show no obvious symptoms in the early stages. As the disease develops, symptoms may include changes in bowel mov movements, rectal bleeding and thin ribbon-like stool. Other signs and symptoms include fatigue, weight loss, blood in the stool, diarrhea and or constipation, abdominal pain, bloating and a feeling that you are unable to empty your bowels. 
all fair enough, but I, I'm at an absolute loss as to, to know why on earth are the Express not quoting the NICE guidelines on colorectal cancer. So we're going to quote those at the end of all of this. Next up, it's The Star, and the headline is Doctor says £20 gadget could save lives during the coronavirus pandemic. A doctor has recommended that people buy a cheap blood oximeter, which measures the amount of oxygen in the blood, and, and it says here that levels below 95% are dangerous. And so what they're doing, uh, they are quoting uh, Dr Man, Matt um, Inada Kim, a consultant in acute medicine at Hampshire Hospitals, who's been speaking to Radio 4, um, and he says that, uh, that with COVID we are admitting patients with oxygen levels in the 70s or low or middle 80s and um, he said that a normal oxygen level in, in the blood is between 95 and 100 meaning that readings of 70 to 80 percent are shockingly low um, basically the advice in the article is that if the level drops of oxygen and saturation drops to 94 percent then you should speak to your gp or call 111 if it um, falls to 92 percent or lower then you should go to a e or call 999 for an ambulance um, and dr inada kim says that the point of this whole strategy is to try to get to people early so that we can admit them at a more salvageable point in their illness. And finally, we have The Independent. And here it says, uh, one in four young people are unable to cope with life since starting um, the COVID pandemic, as studies found. Half of 16 to 25-year-olds said that their mental health had worsened since the start of the coronavirus crisis. Um, So this is um, from research from the the Prince's Trust. Um, And basically, uh, the Prince's Trust uh, said that um, its youth index survey of 2,180 people aged 16 to 25 across the UK indicated that more young people are feeling anxious than in the 12-year history of this study. Uh, And it says here that scientists have warned of a deterioration in the mental health across all age groups during the pandemic, um, though fears are mounting that young people could be among the hardest hit due to the impacts of lockdown on education, development Um, and future job prospects. So let's now just go back to uh, the NICE guidelines. So as I was saying, I just don't know why our press are not quoting our local UK guidelines on colorectal cancer. So the NICE guidelines from 2015, um, as we all know, if you're aged 40 or more with unexplained weight loss and abdominal pain, if you are aged 50 or more with unexplained rectal bleeding, or if you are aged 60 or more with iron deficiency anemia or a change in bowel habit, those would be the criteria for referral on the two-week wait pathway. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to post a link from GPCPD uh, in the show notes, which is all about everything you need to know about colorectal cancer. Um, And as I said last week, there is a free code uh, where you're going to get access to GPCPD for a month. And I'll put the free code details in the show notes as well. And I'll also tell you about it at the end of the programme. So Serena, is there a story that's caught your eye? There is, Nick, actually. So in the Express, there's an article called High Blood Pressure, Worst Alcoholic Drinks for Obesity Risk. So I was a bit confused when I first saw this, but when I read through the article, there's some key tips I think a lot of VPs can use to help their patients make more of an informed choice. So essentially, if you've got hypertensive patients, um, and particularly those that are also obese or who have other risk factors, The article goes through how there's a selection of five different alcoholic drinks, which are normally um, very high calorie and obviously um, alcohol is empty calories, which can affect patients in a number of ways from weight gain to worsening their hypertension, especially if they're on 
um, kind of very high level and hypertensive. And it gives a suggestion, um, which is quite useful, I think, to discuss with patients, because I can imagine there may be a lot of resistance um, hypertensive patients saying, look, you know, I, I, I don't want to stop drinking. But you could actually say to them, look, you know, beer is the worst offender with like over 270 calories per pint, but you could swap it for um, a shot of gin, which has just 72 calories. And if you're careful about the mixer, so for example, you a mixer that's got no sugar in it or is low calorie as well, they can probably have um, a much kind of healthier indulgence, um, which kind of supports their their health risks and their health behaviours, but still have a good time. Exactly. But just to clarify, we're not suggesting that people should start swig- swigging from bottles of gin neat. We are not suggesting that. It's just if <laughs> patients want to make an informed choice. I like the fact that they've got a list of five different um, alcoholic drinks, the calorie intake of those, and what, what patients could look at swapping if they would normally, for example, drink a lot, you know, and a number of bottles of beer, for example, they might want to switch it down to maybe one or two bottles of gin and have a lower calorie intake because of that and maybe hopefully have a better outcome in terms of their health. Exactly. So thank you. And um, that's brilliant. So, yep. So maybe gin instead of beer, um, slimline. So gin and slim is all good. Um, but I can just imagine some people might be going, oh, I'm going <laughs> to gonna go low calorie and start walking around swigging out of a bottle, but hopefully that won't happen. So um, we're going to be back talking about the Goop Lab in a moment. But first, yeah. it's time for um, this week in daytime TV. And as we all headed back into lockdown on Monday, this morning I had an important message for viewers. Holly Willoughby said that you can ask for help. Do not do this on your own. She said, if you're in need of support at the moment, there is a large list of free helplines available on the This Morning website. So I will post um, a link to this in the show notes. And indeed, it is a huge list of very, very, very um, important resources. So by all means, have a good look at that. Um, And it might be something that you want to signpost uh, your patients to as well. Uh, On Wednesday, Jess Roberts was on Steph's Pack Lunch talking about uh, alcohol. She was speaking to Helen Skelton. Uh, She said that she used to drink two bottles of wine a night, uh, which took its toll on her relationship, her mental health, as well as her job. Uh, She told Helen that she'd been sober for 13 months um, and when asked how she quit it, she said that she'd linked up with an organisation called Club Soda, which advocates mindful drinking. So I'll put a link to that website in the show notes as well. Uh, Thursday was a big day on daytime TV. Um, Good morning, Britain had the former deputy leader of the Labour Party, Tom Watson, was on and he was talking about his new book, Downsizing, about how he lost eight stone by giving up sugar and changing his diet. And it led to him reversing his diabetes, or as we would have to say, um, putting his diabetes into remission, which is obviously the read code that we have to use uh, in our notes. Uh, Also on Good Morning Britain on Thursday, they had the Minister for Safeguarding, Victoria Atkins, on and she was telling how... 2,600 pharmacies are going to offer access to support for victims of domestic abuse. Uh, She launched the new code word scheme where people can now use the code word Annie to escape from their abuse. And they're meant to go into one of these pharmacies and if they need help, then they say the code word Annie and they'll then be taken into a consulting room for the pharmacist to establish exactly what kind of help that they need. 
Um, on Steph's Pack Lunch, also on Thursday, they had Dr. Sophie Newton on, and she had some advice on how to eat healthily after overindulging at Christmas. And she basically said, just eat the rainbow. And there was a, a very interesting video all about that, so I'll post that in the show notes as well. And finally on Thursday, this morning featured Don, John Dillamand, the Danish cartoon character with an extra long penis. We featured him weeks ago. Come on this morning, keep up. Right then, so it's time now for the the main feature. So I'm joined again by Serena. Hi, Serena, you all right? Hi, Nick. Yeah, really good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. That's a pleasure. Um, So we're now going to be talking about the Netflix series, The Goop Lab with Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, And um, I noticed that I was doing a bit of research into this, obviously. And so I thought I would Google um, Gwyneth and I, well, Gwyneth Paltrow, I was going to Google. So I got as far as typing Gwyneth into Google. And um, (laughs) apart from her name, the first thing that came up was Gwyneth Paltrow Candle, um, which I think we probably won't be talking about on this podcast. (laughs) Um, But you know the candle I'm talking about. Um, So, and then further down, it comes to the Goop Lab with Gwyneth Paltrow. So this is on on Netflix um, and it says, leading with curiosity, Gwyneth Paltrow and her Goop team look at psychedelic psychedelics sorry um energy work and other challenging wellness topics um so so we looked at um season one episode one um it's an 18 it should be pointed out um so so what did you think of it serena yeah so i was actually pleasantly surprised by um this episode and the content that they covered i was to be honest when i sat down to watch it i was thinking oh god you know I wonder what road they're going to go down because they're looking at alternative treatments for um, kind of you know quite significant mental health problems from PTSD to um, severe anxiety related cancer treatments to um, you know patients that have been um, suicidal and had multiple suicide attempts. So I just thought, okay, Serena, just watch it with an open mind and, and see what you think. And the whole basis of the episode was looking at psychiatrists that are running um, clinical trials, so psychedelic clinical trials using a magic mushroom to help in treat to treat these patients by administering kind of uh, magic mushroom, which they is it's quite close psilocybin, they call it, is that the right term? Right. Drug. And essentially um, they administer that and then they also administer therapy alongside it. And the idea behind it is to remove the conscious objections that your conscious mind would have and to really get to the the crux of the matter and help these patients heal and it was just really interesting to be honest with you I think um although it might raise a few eyebrows but um I did find it interesting for a number of reasons I think the first was it did look at an alternative view at mental health and different ways that patient needs might require a possible alternative approach to get to the root of the matter and to help where maybe more conventional treatments have, have failed. But their alternative um, route with these psychedelics was actually, um, and in clinical trials, they were actually being managed and run by um, psychiatrists. So it was actually quite a nice fusion of the alternative with um, kind of very experienced medical practitioners. And I thought actually both sides seemed to learn a lot from, from the combined approaches. And what was really refreshing is seeing their their patient outcomes for some very, very difficult cases and the reflections of those patients on how this new kind of therapy um, helped them to get a better outcome and, and live 
their lives in a much better way, whereas previously they'd been stuck. And I just thought mental health is such a huge challenge in primary care. And we can often feel like, are we really doing enough for our patients? Or, you know, we wish we could do more. And in other times, sometimes the burden of managing mental health can cause a lot of pressure on general practice as well. So I did think like, well, you know, I think it's interesting that these different work's taking place. And um, could there be a time, Nick, do you think, where we might be prescribing magic mushrooms to some of our patients? Well, that's a very good question. And, you know, it's interesting because I, I, when I first um, said we we're going to look at the Goop Lab um, with Gwyneth Paltrow, I, I thought, oh, my goodness, I'm going to hate this. And I really wanted to hate it because I think because I've been swayed by all the press about it and, you know, people kind of going on about what on earth is this about? Um and but I still went into it with an open mind, and I have to say that I was be a bit strong to say pleasantly surprised. I think I would say it wasn't as horrific or as awful as I thought it was going to be. Mm, um, and yeah, I, th- I and I thought it was actually quite balanced, and it actually was it was certainly worth a watch. I really recommend it actually. Um, and if you think about it from the perspective of patients watching it and coming to us and saying, um, you know, I've seen this, um, can you help? I think if you take a step back, um, currently as we speak, because obviously we can't offer these psychedelic treatments in the UK, and they were talking about studies that were going on in America. So, so there is work going on. Um, but I suppose for our patients at the moment coming to us talking about that, then that would be a, a flag to us to say that they don't feel that their current therapy is working. Um, mm. And so therefore they, they, they kind of, it's a way of them asking for help. Uh, so, I mean, the, the, the issues that it seemed that they were covering in in the program this time round, they were looking at anxiety, they were looking at grief, and they were looking at PTSD. Um, and so, you know, in our conventional Western medicine world that we're working in currently within the NHS, um, there are guidelines regarding those. Um, so I will post um, some resources in the show notes about those. Um, so there's the the NICE guideline from 2018 um, about PTSD, and I'll also put links um, to, there's a BMJ article from 2015 and also a DTB article from 2014. Um, so I'll put some links to that about PTSD, um, and I'll also put um, linking about about anxiety as well. Um, so that uh, will be in the show notes. But um, I, I agree with you that that it was showing that there is a different route that perhaps we may go down in the future. Now, I don't know enough about it to say um, if we will get there, but it certainly felt like there were a group of people that were getting some very good results um, with the um, the methods that they were were using. Mm-hmm. Um, and and particularly, it was interesting when the 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 um, the woman that was um she'd been suffering she'd been stuck with her grief and she said that she'd felt like she'd had five years of therapy in a very short period of time um and that was quite telling i thought yeah no i agree with you actually i thought it seemed like um for some patients there seemed to be quite a big shift and perhaps it was being able to you know kind of um relax maybe have a different mindset to then view those same problems and same kind of um, situations for them help them to get those breakthroughs which probably could have for others taken you know a very very long time um, I really liked the case of the um, patient that had had cancer treatment and she'd had um, following her successful cancer therapy she had um, developed significant anxiety and um, was constantly worried about the cancer coming back and wasn't really living her life and she kind of used this um, therapy to 
to really make peace with herself and, and move forward and you know in, in a much better place now so I, you know I thought that was a really nice outcome for her mm, absolutely and and I wonder if because it felt like in in certain patients because again with all as with all treatments um nothing's going to be um there's no one treatment that's going to suit everyone um mm. and so if this were to, to to come to us in the future, having had some you know proper trials and all that kind of stuff, then it, it might be that that this would be a treatment that would benefit people who maybe are more resistant to talking therapies that don't feel they can let themselves go properly, and and this is almost an adjunct to that because they were they were showing how people can have a small dose of a psychedelic. Um, uh, drug and it then it, then they can have um the talking therapies with that and it can have some quite astonishing results yeah no i totally agree with you yeah. so yeah i mean it just shows that it, it it feels that it's it's something that um that is a, a an area that hasn't quite kind of been explored fully enough um from what i've seen it sounds like there is um scope to look into it more and it, and it is something that might come to the fore um, over here um, and in America. And so it feels like it's a kind of watch this space. Yeah, definitely. I think um, the results of the clinical trials will be quite useful. And I think actually um, psychotherapy and mental health um, treatments and approaches are, are you know, changing in, in different ways for different people. So there's not a one size fits all. So I wonder what, what will be the new thing new thing to come. Exactly. So something to look out for. Um, so having seen that first episode, do you think you will go back and, and look at the rest of the series or not? <laughs> um, I thought I was pleasantly surprised by the first episode, to be honest. I think, um, I, yeah, I would do. I'd see what the topic was about. And um, yeah, why not? We're all binging on Netflix at the moment, aren't we? Not much else to do. So why not? <laughs> exactly. I agree. And I just, you know, I think I think for me, it's definitely going to be what the subject matter is about. So there's something that yeah. I find interesting. Exactly. And I, I kind of go into it with an open mind and it's almost like I'm now watching with curiosity. I think before I had bar barriers up thinking, I don't want to see this. This is going to be mm. dreadful. Whereas now it's kind of like, OK, this is an interesting take on it. This will be a different perspective. And I think it's important to have different perspectives. And I, th I think, you know, in general practice, we may well have patients coming into us saying that they've seen this or they've heard about this. And it's an alternative um, kind of opinion to what we would you know are, are using at the moment and i think we need to know about those uh, those alternatives yeah i totally agree excellent well thank you so much for joining me serena you're welcome thank you so much for having me cool you you take care and i just wonder just because it's kind of you know this is the new year now and um this is the, the kind of thing that that people might see um around this time because people you know in, in the early part of the year are looking for the changes they can make in their life and and maybe this is the kind of show they might be looking at um so have you got any any new year's resolutions at all oh gosh i think um you know, covid's changed the world in so many different ways and i think my um resolution is just more balance i think definitely kind of definitely more work balance and, and i think balance is going to be my mantra Excellent. Well, that's a good mantra to have. So you look after yourself and um, and hopefully we'll get you back on here again soon to talk about some oh, more things. That'd be brilliant. Well, you take care and good luck for the for the, the next year with my local manager as oh, well. Thank you so much. That's a pleasure. And we'll see you soon. You take care. See you soon. Bye. 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 
And there she goes. And as Serena heads off into the sunset, <laughs> um, I have got some resources just to clarify um, for you regarding the Goop Lab. Uh, so if you look in the show notes, which you can access uh, via the Buzzsprout main site. So if you're having trouble, trouble finding it, then you just literally Google Buzzsprout Boggle Docs, then it will take you to the Buzzsprout site. And if you click on the transcript button, then it will give you all the links that you can click on um, and they link to the pages. And I know they link because I've put them on myself. <laughs> so um, so there you go. Um, so there's going to be a link there for um, an article about Imperial College and about how they have launched the world's first centre for psychedelics. Um, also, there's going to be a BMJ article all about the return of psychedelics to psychiatry um, and can the therapeutic effect of psychedelic experiences be justified? Um, I've also posted some um, information about PTSD, as I said I would. And we've got the nice guidelines there. There's a BMJ um, article and there's two um, DTB um, articles as well. I've also posted a link to PTSD for GPCPD and the mental health handbook there. Um, and I've also posted a couple of links um, for anxiety. One is on generalised anxiety disorder and one is on using a CBT framework for anxiety. And both of those are on GPCPD in the mental health handbook as well. Um, and because there is a free code, um, there is actually access to a GPCPD for the mental health update um, handbook and also for uh, the GP update handbook as well. Um, and the code for that, um, which I said last week, and um, so I'll give it to you again. So the code um, is uh, basically it's New Year gift. And what you do, uh, you put that into the website. Um, and if you've already got an account, then you put it in and it will extend your existing GPCPD subscription by a month. So that's New Year gift. Tell all your friends, tell <laughs> tell your colleagues, um, and you can use that code. Um, you can redeem it once per account um, and you must be redeemed by the 28th of February 2021. Um, and as I said, you get access to GPCPD, uh, GP update and also the mental health component to it as well. Uh, so that is it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I wonder what our patients will be consulting with us um, having seen something or read something um, in the past week or so will they be, will they be worried about um having ribbon like poo um is that something they're going to consult about um we revisited that again after the express mentioned it again um, and don't forget that i've put the nice guidelines um on colorectal cancer in the show notes um to have a look at um will they be um sort of buying a pulse oximeter and will they then be calling us with sats of 94 percent wanting some help with that um, will it be a younger patient who's been struggling with their mental health um, as we talked about um, that earlier on in the article in The Independent. Um, or will it be a patient with PTSD or anxiety asking us, consulting with us because they're looking for alternatives to conventional therapy that they don't think are working for them? All these things could be coming our way and um, we will be ready for them. And as I said, it's all in the show notes. Um, we are at Boggle Docs on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, have a look on there. Um, if you click on the link in the bio on either of those, um, you can get a button which will take you to the Buzzsprout site, but also take you to a button where you can leave us a voice message um, as well. My name is Nick Kendrew. I am at Nick Kendrew on Twitter, which is at N-I-K-K-E-N-D-R-E-W. And we will see you again next week for more of the same. Until then, keep safe and well. Goodbye.